Welcome to The Working Ant with me, your host and coach, Rami Balut. I'm going to share with you secrets and strategies you only wish you knew years ago to accelerate your career today. This is practical stuff, no fluff. My mission is to create a new generation of leaders that brings out the best in people. This is where passions and profession yield profitability. Welcome to The Working Ant. So let's go ahead and get things moving. This is from Lao Tzu. And it says, if you do not change direction, you may end up where you are heading. And it's very, very simplistic form here. Uh, So much uh, profound meaning uh, towards um, what it is that we think, where it is we're going, how we uh, rationalize um, our thoughts, our behaviors, outcomes, incentives, emotions, et cetera, et cetera. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about uh, breaking away from rationalization of thoughts that really do not serve our true purpose uh, and a very, very practical nature here. And so when I talk about breaking away from rationalization, I'm really talking about rationalization in its in its worst form here as it relates to your career. This is a form of, of self-sabotage. I can't really call it much anything else. And this is where our rationalization is actually getting in the way of our growth and of you know really creating great opportunities for us moving forward. Uh, but first, you know, let me shed some light on how I arrived uh, at this topic for today. And uh, usually comes from some interactions that I'll have, you know, during my work week of consultations, conversations with, with you, uh, with you, uh, whether you're writing me directly, uh, whether we've connected on LinkedIn, or, you know, if you're attending, obviously, my program, you know, I'll, I'll sort of uh, synthesize some of these questions into our times with one another. But typically, you know, uh, in this particular situation, as it relates to rationalization, you know, I'll be on a consultation call and, um, you know, I'll be speaking um, specifically to someone who, after many attempts of pursuing something, uh, whether this is an interview, whether this is a promotion, uh, whether this is a form of collaboration, whatever he or she is trying to achieve, um, after some time, he or she arrives at the conclusion that it would be, you know, in their best benefit, that would be well served, uh, that they receive help to better understand what they could be doing wrong, looking at blind spots, looking at particular use cases that they may actually have not taken into consideration or, or seen before. And, um, and here, of course, their rationale is completely sound, right? It's completely sound. So it's like, I'm not succeeding alone. Something tells me that I would be better off uh, receiving help along the way to ensure that I have a better chance of succeeding in the future, to change this outcome, to positively skew the outcome. And for those of you, by the way, that are you know at work, um, that you you know you typically have your day-to-day routines, you may, for example, and here's just an example here, a recent example that that I that I received through a consultation. You may be seeking help from uh, a coach, from someone that may you know better facilitate how it is you interact with your cross-functional partners uh, when working on a project. 
um, in an infant stage so that you may have a better chance of having the support from these same people when it's actually launched. And uh, these examples, both of these examples, by the way, are, are perfect, perfect rationale, right? And yet in both these examples, without knowing the results of each outcome, we could, we could actually be equally, equally prone to a form of self-sabotaging rationalization. And it happens all the time. And um, for those of you right now that are in this particular moment that are thinking, what's Rami talking about? This stuff doesn't happen to me. Uh, this doesn't really relate to me. My, my life, my world is a little bit different than, than what it is that he's describing. Um, I obviously w- would beg to differ. Of course, I'll, I'll, I'll prove that to you throughout our time with one another today. But let's take that first example, right? The first example of someone, for example, who is not succeeding alone in this particular case, let's just say someone is not succeeding well in their career transition, right? And then this, if we want to be even more specific here, let's just say in their interviewing, right? So they're, they're maybe making it to the first round or even the second round. And then, you know, they're afterwards, something happens. They don't move anywhere further than, than that. Well, you know, the same sort of rationale that we both agreed with here to get some help just to ensure that, you know, there's a better chance of a positive outcome. You know, it could be, you know, it could be if that outcome does not yield to be so positive in nature, or at least does not fit the expectation that we have, we could actually be looking at it in this particular way of, of, of self-sabotaging rationalization. And, you know, Hopefully this relates to you at some point in time in your professional life where you may be saying, well, no matter what kind of help I get, I'm still going to fail, right? And I knew that going into this because I knew I was going to fail. My situation, my situation, by the way, is very different. I'm not the type of person that would fall into this category. My situation is completely different. You know, I'm different, right? Uh, There must be something uh, wrong with me completely right? Um, I may not be able to, you know, see what everyone else sees here, but, you know, that's because I'm different. That's because my situation is different. No matter what kind of help I get, I know that this is what the outcome is going to be. And by the way, from a self-sabotaging rationalization standpoint, it could very, very well be something that sounds very positive in nature, which is, you know what? It's an inevitability that, you know, something is going to happen. Change is going to happen. It's an inevitability. That's definitely a rational thought, right? Change definitely is an inevitability. But rationalizing, right, an outcome with the association of something rational could very, very much be where a lot of us may fall at times, right? It's like, you know, how are you? I'm doing well. How do you think your day is going to go today? Uh, Well, I don't know. Anything could happen. Uh, But at the end of the day, well, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, you know, how else was my day going to go? But I mean, you know, you were quite positive, you know, when I actually asked you the question earlier on in the day. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to be positive there. I mean, like, you know, why why not be positive? What do I have to lose? But at the same time, you know, we're rationalizing a lot of uh, negative outcomes that may take place. Outcomes, of course, that are that are really, really in many ways a part of our, our own doing here. But, you know, even if we're actually seeking out help, like this first example, if we're continuing to rationalize our failures based on the fact that, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what kind of help we get, we're, we're not going to succeed and we're still going to fail and that our situation is different um, and there must be something wrong with us. 
Well, you know, that form of rationalization is self-sabotaging if I knew, if I didn't know any better, of course, right? And the second example, right, uh, for, for I think a, a vast, vast majority of listeners today, you know, rationalization could be, you know, I, you know let me make sure that I sort of go back to this example. That, that example was, you know, ensuring that in an infant stage of a project that we reach out cross-functionally to our partners we go as far as getting their opinions. Uh, we go as far as extracting particular data that's pertinent to this project. We share that. We may even, you know, form stakeholder committees or steering committees. Um, you know, we may form whatever sort of committee possible in the infant stages of this project in order to ensure that as we go along, uh, people actually have a, a, a sense of ownership in, in, in the actual project itself. And more importantly for us, that when we actually do launch this project, we'll actually have a lot more buy-in and support only because we actually did what we should have been doing, uh, which was reaching out to all stakeholders involved um, and ensuring their voice was heard, ensuring that they actually had a stake in the game, the what's in it for them, right? And uh, we went along and uh, we, we ran with this project. Uh, we did everything we could to ensure that we were going to have a positive outcome. And for some reason, for some reason, at some point in time, when we were launching this project. It looks like, you know, this project is going to be a no-go. You know, you may have been told, you know what, uh, let's stop right there. Let's not go any further. Uh, this is not going to happen. Let's, you know, move on from this and, um, and let it go in some way. You know, so in this second example, uh, rationalization could very well be, you know, something like I was set up to fail anyways, right? I, I was set up to fail from the get-go. Or for example, you know, I get this a lot. My idea was too bold to begin with, Rami. It was too bold to begin with. No one was going to be able to accept an idea like this. Uh, another one uh, that I get very, very often on the uh, leadership side of things is, you know, my success and rise was going to rattle too many feathers, too many feathers. And so it had to fail. Well, I get this all the time. Like, you know, my ideas are so bold. I'm, I'm so blunt, you know, on how it is that I describe things. People just don't, you know, really take uh, too, too much uh, positive association with that. And that's just because, you know, they can't handle the truth or they can't handle the fact that, you know, I'm better. Uh, where they can't handle the fact that, you know, as a result of me being there, you know, things are humming smoothly. I mean, this sense of rationalization, even at times that may sound actually motivating, could be self-sabotaging in nature. I'm going to give a very, very specific example here um, of something, you know, uh, in my program, uh, in my virtual program on the, uh, you know, how to transition to an aligned career one form of, of rationalization that actually can be quite self-sabotaging, even though its intention couldn't be more pure and positive in nature is that idea of like incantations, right? Saying things, mantras, if you will, to ourselves that actually could very, very much empower us and serve us. You know, and one, one big one was um, in my program was, you know, I accept a new deal for myself where, you know, I go and I seek out a career that is aligned to my values, aligned to my aspirations. And, and what better incantation to say over and over and repeat to yourself day after day that actually has such a positive, positively skewed and, and, and a positively aspiring sort of way forward, a path forward. I mean, it's motivating, 
right? To say something like that. Um, it gets us, you know, out of bed. It shakes us up. It gets us excited. You know, no matter what's going to happen, if we say that we accept a new deal for ourselves, well, my, my gosh, I mean, this is, you know, a grand, a green new deal. I don't know, but a, a, a new deal like this, right, is inspiring in itself. And, you know, when we say these things to ourselves, like we're actually motivating ourselves, right? But these very same incantations that we actually, you know, put out could be very, very much self-sabotaging. And I hear this all the time. So it's like, you know, in some way, we and our situation is so different, right? Like, you know, no one can understand me but me. No one can be able to achieve this but, but myself. And those things, you know, may in fact be extremely, extremely, extremely true in nature, right? No one's going to understand you unless you feel otherwise more than you understand yourself. That's the narrative you tell yourself, right? No one can succeed but you, right? Because obviously this is your journey. But I want you to be very cautious of the rationalization that you actually give to your situation. Because, you know, if you feel that your success and rise in an organization, you know, that I was saying earlier, may rattle so many feathers that you're going to be set up to fail, well, then obviously, you know, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy and a self-fulfilling destructive one at that. You know, I, I've, I've said this time and time again to my one-on-one -on -one clients and that, you know, we attract what meets our needs in so many ways. And, and that, of course, plays a huge part in our self-fulfilling prophecy of rationalization that is destructive in nature. So if we actually are going to think to ourselves that we're going to fail anyways, right, that we wouldn't actually reach any new heights anyways, no matter what it was that we took, no matter who it is that we listened to, no matter what activities we took part in, well, then, of course, we're going to be attracting just that um, into the narrative of ourselves. And this happens time and time again. And for those of you that are listening right now and saying, huh, I don't know, maybe it still doesn't actually relate to me. You know, when you try to do something different, when you're trying to be bold and do something different with your life, when you are not accepting the status quo, when you are going out and exploring new possibilities for yourself, well, you know, you put yourself in such an uncomfortable situation in such an uncertain situation. One, by the way, that, you know, requires very, very strong driving forces and psychological readiness for you to actually go through to begin with. Well, here it's no wonder that it may not be something that you can relate to because, you know, many of many of my listeners and, and many of my clients, of course, over the years have wanted to do something more for themselves. And because of that, right, uh, we'll, we'll have situations where we'll be ghosted completely. We'll have situations where we actually feel that someone's going to be reaching out to us, you know, as they said they would, and they just don't, right? And we'll have situations where we don't get the feedback that we actually thought. Uh, we'll have situations where, you know, we absolutely thought that something really, really positive was, was about to happen, and all of a sudden it turns out to be, you know, something that we misread along the way. And it's these, these situations that open up, you know, the possibility of, you know, self-destructive rationalization over our situation, right? It's like, it's as if we are programmed in, in particular cases like this to rationalize outcomes. I mean, we're human after all, right? I mean, this is, this is, the, this is our human nature here in rationalizing particular outcomes, especially, especially when, when we become so immersed into our own bubble and thinking that our logic and our reason uh, totally goes out the window. You know, recently I had read a book 
Um, and in that book, which for some odd reason, you know, I guess you, you could sort of like e email me or, or, or send me a, a LinkedIn request and I'll give you the name of it. But in this particular book, uh, there was an example that really, 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 you know, struck me as quite profound of a particular a client uh, relationship uh, that this this particular uh, psych psychologist actually had. And um, in this book, in this example, it was as follows. It was it was a woman who actually didn't really have a great relationship with her father. Okay. And so obviously, you know, uh, many of us may, may not have the best relationships with our parents, but this particular woman did not have a, a, a great relationship with her father. And so when she went off to college, you know, her father, her father drove, drove her to call, drove her to school, dropped her off. And, you know, in years, you know, passed by that she was in college and, you know, she obviously kept in touch in this particular case with her father, but, you know, still didn't really have a great relationship to her. Her father was a very negative person, uh, you know, having him in her life for some reason uh, made her feel that she was ill-equipped that she was undeserving and that, you know, she was um, someone less than her true self. She felt this, you know, she felt this and, you know, and rightfully so if she felt this, then she felt this. And yet still she kept a relationship with her father. You know, when, when she actually graduated, uh, her father came and uh, attended her graduation and, you know, she was, had to pack up and move back home. Um, as anyone would do, uh, you know, typically after graduating college and spending a few months at home back at the nest before, you know, finding a job outside of that where she could, you know, be as independent as actually as she wanted to be. But on her way home, she had, you know, sitting in the front seat with her father driving back and she looks out the window and she sees a beautiful, beautiful stream um, or, or a river. She's a beautiful, beautiful stream or a river. And uh, she tells her dad, like, oh, dad, you know, like, this is what, what a beautiful, beautiful river. I mean, just just beautiful. It just looks just so gorgeous. And um, and her father, you know, looks at her and says, what are you talking about? You know, what, what are you talking about? Look at how dirty it is. It's so polluted. It's filled with trash all over the place. I don't know what you're talking about, but that river is anything but pretty. And to her, she the, the the first thing that came to her mind was like, this guy is never going to change. Just continues to be so negative, you know, uh, continues to take away from like moments of happiness like this, of positivity. Here's this beautiful river that I see in front of me. And this guy, my dad looks at it as something completely filthy. Oh my God, I got to get the hell out of home as quickly as possible. Because if I don't, I'm going to be stuck with this. And the story goes where years actually pass by where, you know, she starts working, you know, gets a job outside of the house in her same city. But, you know, some some reunion at her college, you know, takes place uh, a few years after her father's death, after her father's death. And so she finds herself, you know, driving to her college for a reunion. And on her drive back, as she is driving back home, uh, her father comes to mind because, you know, her father obviously was driving her back home. The last time she drove back home from college was with her father. And, you know, she was thinking about her father who had now passed. And she was like, you know, I just I can't believe it. You know, like the, the guy still haunts me to this day. 
you know, like, you know, with his negative thoughts, here I am, you know, this moment that I shared with him, this beautiful stream that I saw, and he, he looked at it as something completely polluted. And so she looks out the window as she's driving back. And in fact, she does see a stream, but it was exactly as her father had described it. It's exactly as her father had described it. He described it completely as trash, as polluted. And she couldn't believe it that the stream, whether it was the same stream or another stream, looking outside of the driver's seat window to her left was the same view her father saw. When in fact, in the passenger seat, if she were to look out to her right, she would see that same stream but a very, very beautiful, pristine one. So very, very different sorts of things here and the way she had obviously experienced this. And, you know, who, who are we to falter? Looking out our right side window as a passenger, looking at a stream, you know, you would expect maybe that same person in the driver's seat to look outside that direction. But in this particular case, he had looked the other way and had a very, very different experience. But that experience was real. It was factual in nature, right? And what she had done was rationalize what her father had experienced over the fact that it's negative, bad influence, needed to get the hell out of home as soon as possible because living with someone as toxic in particular, in this case, as her dad, was just not going to suit her. And that may very well have been true, but in that moment, it wasn't. And this is where rationalization uh, becomes a tool to justify our thinking, even when most of us deep down, you know, know so much better, right? This is like this fixed rationalization on why we are where we are in life takes us in dimensions and directions that perplex, perplex even, even our very selves, even our very selves. It can consume us into a negative thinking and justifying feedback loop with ourselves. It's like this, this truly negative, negative way of thinking and justification feedback loop over why we are where we are, what particular outcome occurred and why that actually happened. And it's like, the, you know, this relationship with ourselves, this rationalized relationship with ourselves that is very, very far and different from reality. Um, and of course, you know, the story that I just shared was struck me uh, so much because it was quite profound in nature. I mean, you know, to actually go through an experience like this. And this, by the way, was actually based on a, on a, on a, on a this is a real experience someone actually had. I'm listening to this individual talk about how she now felt very different about, you know, her father in that particular moment where she could have actually seen something, you know, very rational in nature, but her own rationalization made it, you know, so that, you know, her judgment, her prejudgment of her dad was still as strong as it always was. Could never have changed. It could never be any different, right? And, you know, as human beings, we'll somehow consciously or subconsciously just see the world revolve around us, right? Versus us revolve around the world. We'll cross, you know, whatever professional or personal event and interpret it as one way without thinking how we could have interpreted it differently, right? Our emotions and our attitude of the time dictated, they judged and oftentimes dismissed what could have been a viable alternative or, or perhaps, you know, perhaps a healthier one at the time, right? So I want you to be very careful in your rationalizing, you know, and this is extremely important because, you know, when we rationalize things like this, especially when it comes to like different like outcomes, you know, I'll say this a lot to people in my program and that 
you know, you are unique. You are unique. You're unique in your your DNA. You're unique in your thinking. You're unique um, in the way you view things, right? Uh, but your situation, your situation, of course, is not. Your situation is not unique. In fact, if you can't get over the fact that your situation today, whichever way you see it, right, whatever the circumstances are, you know, until you actually move on from you feeling that, you know, you are totally unique in that, I don't think much progress can actually be made. And this is obviously, you know, basing this off of my practice. You know, you, you've got to see yourself as a unique individual. That's for sure. Uh, we have unique emotions, unique taste, uh, unique cultures and views on this world. Uh, we've had very, very, you know, unique sorts of experiences um, in, in our lives that have defined and shaped our attitude and how we view things. But, you know, our situation today, whether it's feeling stuck, whether it's uh, feeling underappreciated, whether it's feeling that we're not being recognized, whether it's feeling that we're not growing in the way we want to grow, whether it's feeling that we shouldn't be doing what we're doing today, we should be doing something completely different, right? It's that, that itself, that circumstance, that situation, that is not unique. And the faster you can actually get over that, the easier it's going to be for you to explore different alternatives and different opportunities along the way. Right. And so I want to make sure I, I bring that point home because it's so important that, you know, we look at things relatively speaking, not just to the way we view it in that moment. Right. Which typically is because of, you know, our emotions and our attitudes right at that, at that time. Right. It's like, you know, sometimes I would deliberately, 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 you know, push my clients not to have an interview sometime right before lunch on a Monday. And because, you know, right before lunch on a Monday, sometimes on a Tuesday, having an interview during that time, well, what's someone going to be thinking about? You know, they're going to be thinking about eating, right? Um, and, and maybe they'll have a much more difficult time listening and understanding you because of that, that circumstance at that, at that period of time. And so let's imagine, let's imagine, well, let's imagine that is true. And in many cases, you know, we have the data to back this up, that it, that it actually is true, right? That you don't want to have, you know, a, an interview before, you know, or close to someone having lunch because their focus is obviously on, you know, a roast beef sandwich or something like that may not be fully focused on you. But let's just say you actually did have that interview at that time and it didn't yield a positive outcome. What happens then? What happens then? Then we can always go back and say it was because of that time. It was because I got the short end of the stick. I got the worst possible time I could ever get an interview. And it was because of that, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't pass the interview. That, that's why I failed. And yes, is it rational to believe that someone may be thinking something different on a, you know, Monday right before lunch versus a Friday right after lunch, uh, right before the weekend? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of like stats behind how, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before, how people actually get parole, get granted parole here in Folsom Prison in California. Um, you know, depending on the actual day, they found like, you know, Wednesdays after lunch was a great time for someone to face the committee to decide whether or not they would be approved for parole. It just was a fact. It's just absolute fact here. So despite this, one could also argue and rationalize that, 
you know, that, well, I was set up to fail to begin with. Or the rationale could take place and just say, you know what, this is just one data point. This is just one data point in a grand scheme of data points. Surely I didn't fail my interview and not get promoted to the next round and, and, and pushed towards the next round just because I had the interview on a Monday before lunch. Now, could it have contributed to a lack of focus? Yes, definitely. But was it the overlying sort of reasoning behind why someone failed an interview? Absolutely not. But our rationalization can take us back and fixate on just that one data point and say, it's because of that. It's because of that. And that one data point then turns into a whirlwind, you know, just a superfluous flow of negative thought about how we're just screwed. <laughs> we, we, we just are screwed. You know, we were, this was just not meant to work out. This was just not meant to work out. And at the same time, we could also have a rationalization and say, you know, you know, things are meant to work out the way they were intended to work out. And we could go that route, right? Which is more positive rationalization, but more positive in that direction. And so rationalization here in our discussion with one another today can definitely serve us, right? But in many instances, when we are looking to justify an adverse outcome, which is what we primarily focus on today, our rationalization can take us places that is completely self-destructive in nature. And it actually puts us in a situation, it puts us in a bind where it's really, really so hard to come out of because subconsciously, right, you know, we're rationalizing our failures or rationalizing why we don't have what we believe we should have at this moment in time. And if we can't get out of that, and look at our situation as one that is not unique, that our circumstances are not unique, and that we share the same aspirations of our neighbors. We are sharing the same sorts of feelings of trying to understand where we fit in, what our significance is, what our value truly is. How can we actually achieve that? Until we get to that point, that's really where we're not going to be open enough to receive some alternatives of thought, some practical alternatives of thought. So I want you to please consider, you know, asking yourself these questions to avoid rationalization and rationalizing, you know, a, 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 an outcome that could be quite detrimental to your growth as a professional and would make you blindsided to opportunities along the way that you wouldn't otherwise be blindsided to had you not rationalized your way down this, this very, very deep, deep, dark hole of thought where it's, it's extremely difficult to emerge from um, in the future. So I want you to ask yourself, you know, why do I view this outcome and situation as such? You can view it any way you'd like, but I want you to ask yourself why it is you view it in this particular way. Why do you view this outcome as such? Okay. Number two, by the way, for number one, I just want you to describe it to yourself. Like literally describe it to yourself. Like, so if I view the outcome as, you know, I was, I was set up to fail to begin with, or for example, um, yeah, let's just use that. I was set up to fail to begin with. So if I was set up to fail to begin with, why, why do I view it that way? Why is it that I view it that way? What, what, what sorts of data points can I concoct to truly like paint that picture that I was set up to fail to begin with. And I just want you to write those things down, like literally just write those things down, or at least ask yourself, maybe you could catch yourself and call yourself out when you ask yourself a question like this. Number two, 
is there a way I could be viewing things differently? Is there a way I could be viewing things differently? I truly believe you could have at least two to three alternative ways of looking at things based on that one thing that you actually thought was the reason behind a particular outcome, right? And by the way, this could be on the positive side of things, right? I succeeded because of my rigor and determination, right? So why did we view that this way? And what other alternatives could we actually have? Well, my rigor, my determination was, was purely because of, a, of the amount of dedication that I put into this. I didn't take no for an answer. I kept going with this. And that was because of that, that I actually succeeded. Well, what other alternatives, you know, are possible towards the reasoning behind why, why, why you were successful? Was it because you did something differently, perhaps? Uh, was it because you stepped out of, outside of your comfort zone, perhaps? Was it because, you know, you stopped saying something that you typically were saying to yourself? Was it because you said something more that you should have been saying during this time? Whatever that, that you know, the, uh, the situation was that led to that outcome. I can guarantee you, you could see at least two to three different alternatives in a particular case like this. So, you know, please ask yourself if there is a, any other way, any other alternative you could be viewing the situation. Could you view it differently? Okay, number three, why is this so important to me anyway? Right. I wanted to make sure like, you know, seriously, like what will this give you? Why is it so important to you anyways? If you're trying to achieve something and you're going out of your way to do it, you're sacrificing so much along the way, ask yourself, why is it so important to you anyways? You know, what is this going to give you if you actually do receive it? If you are saving up to buy something, if you are dieting, if you are exercising, if you are working late night so that you could wow people um, the following day practicing sprezzatura. And, you know, for those of you that have been listening to my podcast for quite some time, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that have not listened to that episode on sprezzatura, I would strongly encourage you uh, to do so. But let's just say uh, we, we did things to practice sprezzatura the following day. And, and all of a sudden, we achieve this, right? We, we attain this. Whatever it was that we wanted, what does it actually give you? What does it give you? Does it give you that sense of security that you're looking for? If so, great. Does it give you that financial compensation reward that you truly needed at this moment in your life? Fabulous. Does it give you the level of recognition that you feel that you deserve? Amazing, right? Um, why is this so important to you? What will it give you? I don't believe that we should actually have any goals whatsoever unless we are able to answer that question directly, right? Why is it so important to you? What will it give you, right? And a lot of people actually use this in their techniques of, of rationalization. If I have this, I'm going to feel this way. If I'm able to completely, you know, change jobs, I'm going to be happier in my marriage. I'm going to be a better spouse, right? And if, and, if, and if that's the case, amazing, amazing. I just want you to ask yourself why it's so important to you. What will it give you? And there'll be times, of course, that we, we have an expectation 
of something giving us something very different than the reality of that, right? And then that obviously becomes something very different. It can become a disappointment there. But I'm going to be, you know, on the positive side of things here, because I would like to think of myself as very positively skewed in nature, my optics of opportunity for you out of my love and care for your success. I just want to make sure that when you are in pursuit of your goals, that you truly understand why is it so important to you, right? What will it give you as a result, right? If you're going to rationalize that way, rationalize this way, right? Number four, what must I do and how must I achieve it? What must I do and how must, must I achieve it? You know, some people may think, you know, and you may be one of these individuals that I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. Let me keep going where I'm going. Let me just be relentless in my pursuit. And that may very well be what you need to be doing, what you must be doing. But the how, the how here, I want you to go back. I want you to go back in this particular case to question number two. Is there anything that you could be not just viewing, but doing differently along the way? Is there something that could accelerate the process? Is something... Is there something that could be done that could amplify your voice so that you can actually finally achieve the recognition you are looking for? Is, is there something there, right? Ask yourself that question. Number five, what limiting thought do I need to let go of? If I do need to let go of a limiting thought, because many of us, whether we know it or not, or recognize it or not, we have limiting thoughts. We have some limiting beliefs at times. And so we may need to let go of something in order for something to actually move. And in transition, right, when transition, you know, something needs to end, something needs to close for something else to begin. Otherwise, we wouldn't be transitioning, right? We're in a transition process, of course, where we're in that process of flux. But if I have made a career transition for myself, I have transitioned on, I have moved on. Something has closed for something else to open. Something has ended for something else to begin. Something has died for something else to live, right? That is a real transition. And so I may need to do away with, move on from a limiting thought. I need to let go of it, at least not to actually have it as a primary driver of my actions, but have it as the secondary. Well, I have a primary, a primary there that's much stronger, that drives me in a very positive, positive way. So maybe it's a limiting thought you need to get rid of something you need to let go of. Just catch yourself and ask yourself this question. You know, I mean, for those of you that are advancing your emotional intelligence and in thinking about knowing thyself and understanding yourself and managing yourself, at the very, very least, go back and ask yourself this question. You know, is there something that you need to let go of? And if you let go of this, what does that actually mean for you? Because at times it could mean everything in a very, very positive way. It could be absolutely amazing, right? And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite questions when it comes to sort of understanding how we can, you know, do away with or catch ourselves, you know, uh, before we get into self-destructive rationalization. And it's like, you know, who do I need to become? Who do I need to become? If, if I have these goals, if I want these things, who do I need to become in order to achieve it? Right. And these are things that I really just want you to sort of catch yourself on because sometimes we need to become someone very different than we are today. Sometimes the 5.0 version of us down the line needs to speak to the 2.0 version of ourselves today and give that person some advice. And if, if that person was around, what sort of advice would that actually be? What would that person tell you over who it is you need to become? And so, you know, again, here in closing, 
Um, let me just sort of uh, do a quick summary here on, on these questions. Why do I, number one, why do I view this outcome or situation as such? Number two, is there a way I could be viewing things differently? Number three, why is this so important to me? What will it give me if I were to achieve it? Number four, what must I do and how must I think, right? How must I act in order to achieve it? Number five, what limiting thoughts do I need to let go of? And number six, who do I need to become? Who do I need to become? You know, and uh, this is not a question here, but you know, what do you need to really believe? You know, what do you need to need to believe? It's not a question on the formal side of things. I'm asking you directly, what do you need to believe? Right. And, and, and oftentimes this is something that may appear completely outlandish in nature at first, but I can assure you that when we actually start putting into practice some of these very questions, writing these out and strategizing along the way, you will find yourself uh, moving and making momentum in, in a very positive way. Your emotions will become much more positively skewed, knowing that you have entertained these things that you otherwise would not have done so, right? Had you not exposed yourself or taken a chance on yourself in the way that you deserve to do so. If you've gotten this far in my podcast, I'm hoping that means that you love my coaching content. If you'd like to continue the journey with me on a much deeper, personal, and immersive level, please visit my website at ramibalut.com and schedule a 45-minute Real Talk session with me. You can also enroll my online program at theworkingant.com and join me for five months of weekly live group coaching where you can ask me your questions live in a group coaching setting. Use code PODCAST for an incredible discount at checkout. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Your career fulfillment is so important to me. You deserve nothing less than that. I truly hope you take what we talked about today and use it deliberately, practically, and strategically to accelerate your next career transition, conversation, or simply just to nourish your personal and professional life. If you'd like to receive periodic content from me, please visit ramibalut.com and register for my mailing list by signing up to receive your free ebook, which by the way, is an awesome ebook, if I may say. Until next time, this is your host and coach, Rami Balut, signing off for today's podcast on The Working At. Remember, if not you, then who? If not now, then when?